Hello, welcome to US Law. My name is Talon Polly. I am your host, and today we will be talking about Frank Abagnale Jr., a con artist who was able to go uncaught for seven years back in the 60s. Picture this, a Pan Am pilot strolling through the airport. He's young, confident, and perfectly dressed in his company uniform, topped with a pair of cool-looking sunglasses. He looks professional, someone you would trust to get you from point A to point B in the new breed of sonic airliners that were dominating the skies of America in the 60s. To pilot one of these airliners, you had to have a college degree and years of vigorous training. It is true this man had a federal pilot's license and could claim to have flown 1 million miles on more than 250 flights to 26 countries in the last couple of years. The truth was he was just a youngster, barely off his teens, a high school dropout, and never trained to be a pilot. He forged his pilot license and though he had flown extensively, he did it as a passenger using his pilot persona to get free flights and hotel service. So. Who is this man posing as a pilot so effortlessly? Well, Frank Abagnale Jr. was born on April 27th, 1948 in the Bronx, which if you don't know what the Bronx are, they uh, they are a part of New York City. They're, they're part of New York City and raised in Bronxville, New York. He had a French mother and a local businessman for a father. The marriage was quite rough and when Abagnale's parents divorced, he was young. When he was 15, his first scam victim was his father. His father gave him a credit card to buy gas money, so you know what, I'm just gonna say his first name because I personally don't know how to pronounce that last name. So Frank's father gave him a credit card to buy gas money so Frank could, could make it to and from his part-time job. A way Frank got money is he used the car to buy tires, batteries, and other car-related items. He then convinced the attendants of the gas station to give him money in cash in return for the products. So he was essentially returning the products that he never bought. When this scam was done, around $33,400 was how much on was how much debt was on the card which equivalent today would be about twenty twenty eight thousand dollars due to the tension that was built over the past few years after his parents divorce Frank dropped out of school when he was 16 he ran away from home and separated himself completely from his parent from his parents he was now having to support himself. At first, he was writing bad checks that would be denied because he didn't have sufficient funds to honor them. During this time, in the mid-60s, paper checks dominated the way people got paid and withdrew money. Frank saw this system as too good to not exploit. He got ambitious and opened up several accounts under different names, different banks, all over the place. This provided to be extremely successful and Frank got more daring. His first impersonation was a security guard standing by a drop 
drop box. He placed a sign on the box that said, Out of service, place deposits with security guard on duty. He then... He then stood beside the box in a fake security guard outfit he bought and, surprisingly, many people left their checks with him. One of Frank's most famous personas was being an airline pilot so he looked more believable when cashing his checks. He obtained a real uniform of Pan Am using a fake employee number. With his natural gang hair and confidence, he seemed much older than what he actually was. He billed Pan Am for housing, food, and though he kept this persona for two years, he never actually flew. Frank became a later Frank later became a teaching assistant under the name of Frank Adams in the sociology department at Brigham Young University. Despite knowing nothing of the subject, he pulled this off for an entire semester. He then returned to his pilot's persona, but was almost caught at New Orleans Air National Airport, where his identity was almost revealed. After being questioned, Frank decided to lay low for a while. He stayed in a hotel in Georgia, saying he was a doctor. There was another doctor staying at the hotel, and the two of them became friends. Doctored offered an internship to Frank, and even though he had, Frank had no medical background, his job was administrative. He held this job for almost a year, but when a child almost died on his watch, he freaked and left. The year was 1967, and Frank, just being 19, returned to his pilot persona as Robert Black. Through a friend, he soon got a chance to apply for a legal job at Louisiana State Attorney General's office. He forged some qualifications from Harvard University. After three attempts, he passed the bar exam. But he had to move on after eight months when a colleague who actually went to Harvard became suspicious with Frank's lack of knowledge about the school. He was asking too many questions that Frank could not answer. So, he went back to what he thought he did best. Acting like a pilot, traveling the world, cashing fake checks. Frank's luck finally ran out when a flight attendant recognized him and informed the police in southern France. He was found guilty by the French courts. He was to serve six months in Perkinhan Prison. This prison was designed for punishment, not re re rehabilitation. It was a hellish place where Frank was kept in a dark, tiny cell with barely any room to stand. After his French sentence, he was sent to Sweden to face charges of check fraud. He was found guilty and spent another six months in jail. He was then supposed to go to Italy to face check fraud charges charges he then was he was then supposed to go to Italy to face other charges of check fraud but was deported to America as soon as the aircraft landed in JFK International Airport it says Frank was able to evade his security detail and escape through the airliner's toilet and climb down the landing gear to this day not a lot 
Nobody knows how he did it. No one knows how he was a fade because between the toilet and the landing gear, a 500 pound water tank. He was caught a few days later by Canadian Mountains. Mount. He was later. He was caught a few days later by the Canadian Mountains when he was trying to board a plane to Brazil. While he was in the detention center, it is said he was mistaken for an undercover prison, prison inspector. Using this opportunity, he called his friend, Jean's, Jean Sebring, to forge a business card given to her earlier given to her earlier by Scene O'Reilly. She added Frank's info to the card, and once it arrived, he told the guards he was actually an inspector hired by the FBI the entire time, and he had to talk to the agent outside. He was allowed to leave, and was picked up by Jean. Frank was determined to get Brazil, but his luck was fought. But his luck finally ran out, and he was stopped two weeks later by two NYPD detectives. He was eventually found guilty in the U USA with several charges of forgery, fraud, and embezzlement. He was sentenced for 12 years in a federal penitentiary. He actually only ended up serving four y years after before being placed on parole and for being placed on parole he had to go to work unpaid for the FBI. He did that in 1974. He worked as a fraud and forgery consultant. This is where he met his wife and through this and Frank says this is what turned him over to being an honest man and contribute to society for the good. So, all, so, <laughs> it's crazy how a man was able to get away with forgery for over seven years. He was able to stump thousands of people into believing what he wanted them to believe. When he was young, Frank believed not to, one of the things he believed when he was young was he was not a con artist, but an opportunist trying to exploit the system. Which, as I see it, kinda smart. Kinda smart idea. So, this, he went to several different countries, forged several different, different checks, and I believe it even says when he was caught, he forged he was able to gain around over two million dollars in forged checks. So he started this again when he was 15 back in 1963. Young for starting your life of crime. And he finally ended it when he was caught and sentenced to 12 years in USA in 1970. As I see that what I believe the guy was smart he he did something several people try have tried to do but he was able pulled off in a heart bag now if you have seen the, the movie catch me if you can which I have not so there have been reviews about that movie saying he was this genius and everything which 
I see him as a genius. He was smart. I'll get out. But he did say in some interviews, those were some pretty, pretty sad years. Ho holidays came around. No one there to say Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday, Happy Easter, Fourth of July. No one. When he got sick, he had to take care of himself. Because his mother wasn't there to help him. He couldn't go to the doctors, really. He couldn't, really. He, His father wasn't there to help him through difficult times. So, he was on his own, pretty much, for a good seven, five to seven years. Which, many people will see that as... My gosh, that is brilliant. Being able to be on the run for over seven years and not get caught. But he was still young. And I see that as something. It, if I tried doing this, I, I, I would turn myself... I would stop immediately. I would stop immediately because I could not bring myself to do something like this. Because I'm a people person. That's me. I like hanging around my family. I like hanging around friends. I would not be able to pull something off like this. Yes, he was a genius for what he did. He was a genius because he was able to pull this off. He was a genius because it took seven years for them to finally catch him. But, the one thing of, the reviews I've read of Catch Me If You Can, it talks about his story. But, what was Frank actually feeling on the inside during all these years? I know he saw, I know he saw himself as a, as an opportunist trying to explore, exploit the, I can't speak. To exploit the system, which is kind of smart, but how did he feel mentally during those several years he was not able to communicate with anyone he loved, to anyone he cared for? Yes, the divorce is what kind of helped push him, but I. It's just hard to understand how a man how a kid only 16 was able to do this it 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 it, it just amazes me how he was able to do this but i also feel sorry for him because he had no one he had no one to turn to when he needed someone he was all on his own. And, and even think of his parents. His parents probably went berserk or crazy or something. When, when they found out their son was gone. They probably spent... Now, I couldn't find anything of what the parents did to look for Frank. I, didn't, I couldn't find anything there. But if you're a parent listening to this right now, think what you would do. And that is probably the same thi thing his parents did. 
it's it, it it's just a way that he he did this pulled off but how did he hurt himself mentally I will have I don't know um now just I'm just gonna say this um uh, Frank if you end up hearing this I will have to say I feel I I personally feel sorry for you you shouldn't have your I can see why your parents the foyers and how that was able and how that and bleh, and how that affected you but I feel sorry for you for being on your own for those seven years I feel sorry for you So just want to end this outro. Um, just want to say thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Next week, let's see if I can find the... Oh, there it is. There's the paper. Okay. Next week, uh, we will be... Ooh! Now this one, um, I'm actually kind of excited for. Um, we'll be either looking at the Zodiac Killer or the DC Sniper. Zuh. We'll be looking at either one of those for handwriting analysis. Um, um, anything else I need to say? Oh, yeah. Um, I just want to say uh, thank you all for listening to this podcast. I'm with the, since I'm using Anchor, um, I will have to say it shows me where, where um, my listeners are from. And I will uh, say it's, uh, oh gosh, I can even look deeper into it. Dang. Well, either way, um, if you are one of my, uh, U.S. state, uh, U.S. listeners, thank you for listening. Um, it also says I have, uh, people listening from Argentina. Thank you for listening. Germany. Thank you for listening. Norway. Thank you for listening. United Kingdom. Thank you for listening. And South Korea, thank you for listening. I personally would not think I would anywhere get around this around this many people listening to it. I thought I would just have one or two people listening to it. But if you are one of those listeners from one of the countries I just mentioned, or even if you're from a different country and you're coming in this week, thank you for listening. You have... You're supporting me by listening. Um, just thank you for listening. This is amazing because I, because I would not expect me having this many listeners on this because I'm just doing this for fun. So, thank you for listening. Um, come back next week. We will have another fun discussion, and then so goodbye. <laughs>